Good afternoon, everyone. This is Patrick Russell, class of 89. And we are now on episode three of the We Want More vodcast. Shown any adverse effects. Harrison with it. Big shot. Scores! Kyle Harrison goes high. It's over. John Hawkins has won his ninth national championship. Thank me as Coach Peter Milliman of Johns Hopkins across. Uh, greetings from a snowy uh, Connecticut here where we got a couple inches of snow. Uh, fortunately, the turf is clear at Homewood. Uh, Pete, thanks for joining us today. For sure, man. Having fun with these. So, Pete, um, the third game of the season, three games in eight days, I may add, all tough competition. You come off a win against Georgetown at Georgetown, uh, a tough game. There were times where Hopkins looked like they were going to sort of stretch it ahead, break away, and Georgetown held tight. So tell us, what did you think about the game, the highs and the lows? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, you, you – kind of hit the, the the basics of it right there. It was a good game, uh, pretty well contested. They're a tough team. I thought we, uh, at stretches, looked like we, you know, had what we need cooking and 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 things were going well and, and a couple mistakes here and there. Uh, you know, that second half looked like we were starting to get a handle on things and then we got a non-releasable penalty. They scored two goals, had three man up opportunities in two minutes. That, that kind of, you know, kills your momentum. So, um, you know, we didn't, I think we only fouled twice on the day, but they ended up getting four man ups out of them because they're big fouls when you get a non-releasable, uh, two minute penalty. So we need to be smarter about those. We, we, you know, we're addressing the discipline, uh, when it comes to those things, but, um, you know, either way, like we got to sort that back out and, and we ended up regaining the four goal lead. And, and again, look like we were starting to make some progress. Um, you know, a couple, uh, a couple possessions kind of late in the game thought that they were, uh, maybe a little bit more stagnant than we needed. And and guys, I think are just, you know, learning how to play from in front now. And and I think that's, that's a good thing for us, but um, you know, we got to be more diligent about it. And uh, um, you know, and then we gave up two, two bad goals in the last minute of the game. I think we maybe took our foot off the gas. And so, uh, you know, all told uh, proud of the guys for finishing, you know, it's a tough team. They, they've been really good. And uh, you know, we, we got up on them last year, but uh you know, two years ago, we played down at that stadium and it, and it was not a good day for us. So I think that, you know, a little bit of redemption there from some of the guys to uh, to just kind of write that ship. But, um, you know, it was the third game in eight days, uh, you know, put it in the bank and, and we're on to the next one. So. Great. Well, as we said in previous podcast, you know, the schedule is what it is. It's the way Hopkins plays the cross. And we know that it'll prepare you for later in the season. Uh, Georgetown came off uh, a bad loss, I think, to Loyola by many, many goals, obviously improved in this game. And it shows you mm -hmm. that Georgetown will be a contender going forward. Yeah, there's no doubt. They did not play great in that Loyola game. So watching that, like, you know, Loyola is a very strong team. Obviously, we got them this week, but, you know, we didn't see the same version um, that Loyola got. Um, right. So we were, you know, planning on that, expecting that. Um, but, uh, you know, you just got to you gotta show up and, uh, and then attack them one at a time. Right. So in a word or a sentence, three games in, I know it's still early. Uh, how would you describe the personality of this team? <laughs> um, the personality of the team. Uh, it's intense. Um, it's an energetic group. Um, 
they are motivated. Uh, they really, really love each other and and love being a part of this program. Um, they love the, the, you know, the expectations here. They love representing the right way. I don't know if I can put a, a, a word on it. I think there's, there's probably, uh, you know, too many personalities to sum up with one word, but, um, it's a great group to coach. It's really, it's great. a fun group and, uh, and, and they, they love the work. Outstanding. So a couple of players I'd like to recognize if I could, I thought that Brendan Grimes had a great game and is starting mm-hmm. to find its groove mm-hmm. and uh, you know, was getting shots on goal scoring and start kind of getting into a rhythm. Yeah, he, he was good. Uh, the two big goals he had, um, he had a couple other shots that I thought were pretty close. You know, one got deflected that, you know, from right in front of the net, I think, you know, he, he has that one back. He might've had a hat trick on the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, like there's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a tough kid and he works so hard that, uh, you know, you know, he didn't find the net a couple of times the first few games. And, and I think there was, you know, there was a different degree of motivation in there and, um, you know, all the guys are with him. So we're, you know, we're just going to keep pushing him and, and, and supporting him out there. And, uh, I just was excited. Like his reaction when he scored that first goal, you could tell that there was a real drive there. Right. Uh, number two, uh, Logan Callahan, we mentioned him in the previous vodcast. We do know that, um, you know, Georgetown had the penalty or the, the warning of jumping off too quick. So yeah, violations, that set yeah. their guy off a little bit, but Logan took advantage of it. Agreed. Yeah. I think they violated a few times in the first half. And and once you get to like two violations, you know, the next one's a penalty and, and sometimes that can, you know, get in the guy's head a little bit. Um, you know, Logan didn't let up. He kept attacking. They ended up, you know, uh, generating a couple, a couple penalty flags in the first half for violations. And, and I think it was a big part of Logan, you know, just staying focused and, and driving through and, um, you know, they ended up having to make a switch, uh, with a different face-off guy. And, you know, right. so I, I was, you know, I was really proud of that focus. You know, he's had, he's had a lot of ups and downs in, in his career and, and just to see him start to settle in and find his groove. I mean, he's a, he's a tough competitor. He's picking up some big ground balls for us. So I was, um, you know, really excited with him. Yeah. Fun to watch, you know, Blue Jay fans love grinders. <laughs> usually find real grinders in, uh, your, your face-off man. grinder. Lastly, uh, I'm, this is my own nickname for him. Maybe it'll catch on, but I like to call him the big fundamental. Uh, love the transfer, the grad student from Princeton, Jacob Stebner. Uh, by the way, I looked at his academic profile. Boy, t- he's a smart yeah, kid. He's in a off, But, you know, he's mm-hmm. like the big fundamental. You know, like we talk about uh, Tim Duncan for the San Antonio mm-hmm. Spurs. Uh, Jacob is just a fundamental defenseman. Could you talk a little bit about his play? Yeah, he's, uh, I, I mean, he's, he's good. It's a fundamental player. You know, he, he makes mistakes. It's part of the game. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's not, he's not flawless, but, um, you know, we're, we're all, uh, you know, in this thing together. I, I think he's a great contributor. He's a great, uh, you know, teammate and, um, he's been exceptional since he's arrived. You know, he's a, he's a smart kid, Princeton grad. He wants to be a surgeon, um, you know, planning on medical school. He wears cowboy boots, uh, cause he's from Texas. Um, you know, he's, he's an interesting guy, but, uh, um, but you know, he, we, we really enjoy, uh, you know, his contribution, his efforts. Uh, I've, I've mentioned him a few times in film on, um, you know, how he's able to like, you know, close a gap on somebody and break down enough to not, you know, overrun a ground ball and push or something like that. You know, he's, he's got, um, you know, a good background. He obviously, you know, spent four years in college learning the game the right way. So, um, yeah, we're excited to have him. Fantastic. So cowboy boots, and mm-hmm. I suppose Gene on Gene, like our Long Island guys wear, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so Pete, one last thing about this Georgetown game. One thing that you really want to improve, that you really think that we need to improve on. What is uh, that? Transition. Transition okay. offense and defense. Uh, we need to generate a little bit more transition offense, and we need to make sure that we're getting back uh, transition wise, you know, I, I don't think Georgetown probably pushed the ball as many times as they could have. Cause we were, you know, we peeled off the field a couple, a couple times, a little too early. We need to make sure we're getting in the hole, protecting our defense. And, uh, I think there's some opportunities to turn some of those, those quick breakouts, those, those clears right. into a transition and, and, and make sure we're not peeling off the field in that same regard. Sure. And it looks like compared to your first two seasons at Homewood, you know, our clearing game has improved drastically yeah. we're successful clearing it yeah, obviously still always have to work on it to improve for but sure obviously better than the first two seasons yeah 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 those were not uh those are not pretty but um uh yeah we i mean we made some adjustments we're you know we're always harping on it we're doing it every day uh you know we got a drill today to do uh you know work on our spacing and the timing and you know the the urgency of how quickly we can get the ball up from that you know from the end line to you know to the restraining line and um, and make sure that, you know, we're going through our progressions the right way and, and, you know, seeing the space on the field so that, um, you know, we're not trying to hit the home run passes. I mean, we're going to make mistakes, you know, our two field clears, Scotty ran into like three, four guys. As soon as he picks up a ground ball, he just got trapped and, and it was a tough play. Um, but you know, he was, he was working his hardest to get up the field. And the other right. one was Bo, you know, Bo picks off a pass and he's breaking up field and he gets turned back. And I think he just, you know, he, he sailed the pass back to the goalie and, you know, it's just a mistake. Like those, those things happen every once in a while. Right. But, uh, you know, outside of that, as long as we're, you know, being disciplined and staying fundamental, I think, um, you know, we're, we're continuing to progress there, hopefully. Yeah. I'm impressed, Pete, with one thing uh, you mentioned earlier in the season that, uh, you know, there's really not units per se. A lot of guys are going to play to figure out like who fits where you used a lot of short stick D middies, which is really impressive. I felt like every time I looked up at the screen, there was a different short stick D midi. And so, you're playing a lot of those guys who help in your transition as well. Yeah, that the three game stretch to start the season, I think, is really hard for you to feel like you're going to go wire to wire with with your whole group. And I think outside of the goalie and uh, and you know, two, Bo and Scott on defense and Garrett and uh, an Angel on attack, those are the only sixty minute guys. We rotated everybody else. Um, you know, we played five short sticks. We played nine offensive middies. Played. Um, you know, multiple people at every position, I think three or four long stick middies. So we're, you know, we're, we're keeping guys in the mix. We're giving guys a chance, but we're also just trying to stay, you know, stay our healthiest as we're getting through this. So, um, you know, I, I, again, I think I said this last time that'll start to refine itself a little bit and, 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 and settle in, but uh, yeah, getting a lot of guys in the mix right now, which is I think helping us. Great. Well, moving on to Loyola, uh, our Charles street rival, Another one of the great rivalries that uh, has come along in Hopkins across history. That game will be at 1 p.m. at Homewood. It'll be on ESPN Plus. I think they will actually broadcast it on ESPNU Sunday at noon, but it's a one o'clock live game on Saturday. What do you see in Loyola? Uh, good. I mean, they're always well coached. They just, right. you know, Coach uh, Toomey has been there for a long time, Coach Dewan and and those guys, like they, you know, they know what they're doing. They get, you know, the the same, you know, mentality. It seems like every year the guys play smart. They play hard. Coach Van Arsdale is one of the best offensive coordinators in the game. They bring back pretty much every goal from last year. You know, they're they're going to be a handful. Uh, Coach K uh, quotes every week of saying this is the best offense we'll see all year. 
So we need to make sure that we're prepared for that, but they are, they are very good. They, they are very good. Um, you know, they, they, they can push transition. They play a, 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 um, a pretty challenging defensive style at times. They look, they look for traps. They love to challenge you and, uh, and make you run away from them. Um, and they got a good, a good offensive system with a handful of kids that can really, really score. Fantastic. As you know, doing this uh, vodcast as an alum, we sometimes allude to the glory days or the good old days and things that we used to do that don't exist now. I wanted to touch upon a subject matter with uh, your team, and that is rides and clears. We used to have Thursdays with Coach Cowan, the legendary Joe Cowan, who was an assistant at Hopkins. Thursdays was ride and clears day. Do you guys practice rides and clears extensively? Yeah, we got a segment of practice today. Uh, we call it clear 10. Okay. We, will put, we will put the ball out 10 times. We're going to clear it 10 times and see how many we get done right. We will, um, you know, put the second team in in black and and keep throwing a different ride at us every time. Maybe one of those rides has an extra guy or two, um, but we'll just keep, you know, jamming up our guys to uh, to see how we handle those things. And, you know, we'll pull the film and, and go over it. But uh, yeah, we, we go over rides and clears. Uh, you know, I don't want to say every single day. I think I said every single day earlier, but a few times a week for sure. Well, I'll just tell you, back in the 80s, it was the most boring practice of the week. But <laughs> Coach Cowan knew his stuff. Don't tell Coach Cowan. I know. Well, you know, it's uh, it was all situational, right? Here's the situation. End line clear, you know, man down clear. Here's what we need to do to, to clear the ball. Here's what we do to get the ball back. So, you know, and riding is such a fun part of the game today. You know, when yeah. you see an attack, you know, get the ball back from a missed shot or a turnover. It's just it's a lot mm -hmm. of fun, fun part of the game. Yeah, we like it. Our guy, I think our yeah. attack's doing a pretty good job of it. We're trying to, you know, change things up a little bit this year, ride a little more aggressively. But, um, you know, everybody's got like the, the goalie. The goalie was like dodging out last game. Like they get, they get such good skills now. Like it's just right. it's, it's it's a new challenge every time, right. you know, and the goal, the goalie's dodging you and, and throwing, you know, 40 yard passes and. You know, we just we got to keep sure. We got to keep adding layers to it. A recollection for me of the Jimmy Beardmore days, a great goalie from Maryland who always ran out of the net. All mm. right, so a couple uh, a couple last things for you in this uh, podcast. I'd like to talk a little bit about you know behind the scenes with the team. And for a number of years, you all have been involved with a nonprofit called Team Impact. Mm. And what's really nice is that there is a young man who's part of the team. Mm -hmm. uh, Kyle Skakel, who actually is not part of the team this year. He's actually been part of the team, I think, last year and the previous season. Yes, yeah, our third year. I saw him at the Denver game being pushed by his father. Kid had a smile from ear to ear. Tell us a little bit about the team's involvement with Team Impact and, you know, how it really, for lack sure. of a better way of putting it, how it impacts your players. Yeah, I mean, we got paired with Kyle uh, three years ago. He's been with us ever since. Um, you know, he, uh, he comes to every game, him and his family are, you know, our guys have developed pretty strong, uh, bonds with him already. Um, you know, they, they've, you know, built relationships with, again, with him and his friends and they'll go visit his school and, you know, go to the field parties and, and, uh, you know, when he's got, uh, uh, you know, big event or something like that, um, you know, they'll go celebrate it with him. But, uh, you know, we, we just, um, you know, couldn't, couldn't be more uh, appreciative of, of that relationship, getting to know Kyle, um, you know, getting to know his energy and, and, and how excited he is. He loves the blue Jays. He's got a Rabel Jersey wears, you know, almost every game. I think we, um, we got to get him a new one, uh, right. cause he's going to learn a lot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he just has, he just has an excitement and energy, 
uh, a bit of a bit of a wise mouth sometimes, but uh, but he's but he's awesome. He's he's right. a great kid. He gets to be in the locker room with you guys occasionally. Oh yeah, yeah. He comes oh, cool. in the locker room. Yeah, that's you, great. Get to keep your keep keep an eye on your uh, your language when Kyle's around because he's, sure, he's exactly. not in college yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, three three little items I wanted to mention in uh, terms of the fact that we cover this with alums getting a chance to talk to you. And this is a substitute to a boring Monday email that says this is how we played. But to make a little, you know, have a little fun with this, uh, we wanted mm-hmm. to mention that Tucker Durkin, one of the great, great defensemen uh, at Johns Hopkins, uh, has mm-hmm. just been inducted into the Johns Hopkins Hall of Fame. So we wanted to uh, congratulate Tucker. I used the term big fundamental uh, with Jacob Stepner <laughs> earlier. I think really the biggest fundamental is Tucker Durkin as a defenseman. Sure. I was going, I would say the scary fundamental. Uh, yeah. He was frightening. Uh, he really was. Um, yeah. It, uh, incredible. One of the best uh, defensemen I've ever, I've ever seen. I coached against him when he was here, uh, when I was coaching at Princeton for a year. Um, and uh, yeah, certainly, you know, guys were, they were making sure they moved the ball in the right amount of time uh, when right. he was, when he was on the prowl, but uh, yeah, induct and getting inducted into the Hopkins Hall of Fame, certainly a tremendous honor and, and one of the sure. deserves. Um, I did a little research from the legendary uh, Ernie LaRosa, our SID, who's been at Hopkins for a long time. We have about 30 classes in the Hopkins Hall of Fame and close mm-hmm. to 70 of the inductees are former lacrosse players at Johns Hopkins. So Tucker Durkin, mm-hmm. from class of 13, is getting in. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just wanted to mention when we were at the smoker to kick off the season that there were a lot of uh, fellow players from the class of 74 and the class of 84. We will be celebrating the 40th anniversary of the 84 team's undefeated season and national championship. Mm-hmm. And the 74 team, which is noted as the first ever NCAA champion, uh, mm-hmm. Rick Walchick, uh, Willie Odenthal, some of the guys that were there. So uh, at some point during the season, we will be recognizing the 50th anniversary of the 74 team and the 40th anniversary of the 84 team. Absolutely. Yeah. Two uh, incredible accomplishments and, uh, and, and some of the all-time greats in the black and blue. So yeah, excited to uh, recognize those folks. So coach, last question, Chris Chen, class of 74, mm-hmm. the Blue mm-hmm. Jay Bananas. Mm-hmm. Guys in the yellow T-shirts, guys and gals in the yellow T-shirts, throwing bananas out to their so-called MVP. You've had a chance to meet Chris mm-hmm. or interact with him after games. Yeah, I just uh, chatted with him actually after the Georgetown. He was down. Uh, he was down at the Georgetown game. Uh, they did the bananas afterwards. Um, I saw a couple of last year's guys, Timmy Marcel and Gib Versfeld, were up in the stands with him, and um, I was, you know, chirping that they got to get a yellow shirt and join the join the crew and. Uh, I think they were enjoying it a lot being on that side of it. It's kind of fun. Good, good. Well, Chris is one of the great, great fans of Hopkins. It's what makes Hopkins unique. And uh, we just want to recognize those types of people throughout these podcasts. So shout out to Chris Chen and the, the Blue Jay Bananas. Absolutely. A yeah, very unique tradition and, uh, and, and a really cool one that uh, I think gets as well appreciated around the country from, from other programs, just seeing how uh, you know, uh, the, the different special traditions that uh, come up with Hopkins games. Exactly. Well, Pete, thanks for uh, joining us today. I know you're busy. You have practice ahead on, fortunately, mm-hmm. a clear turf. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for doing it, man. Appreciate it. All right. Having fun. Stick them, Jays.